Section 19 of A Journal from the Plague Year by Daniel Defoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dennis Sayers. Section 19. But the magistrates wisely caused the people to be encouraged, made very good bylaws for the regulating of the citizens, keeping good order in the streets, and making everything as eligible as possible to all sorts of people. In the first place, the Lord Mayor and the Sheriffs, the Court of Aldermen, and a certain number of the Common Councilmen, or their deputies, came to a resolution, and published it, viz., that they would not quit the city themselves, but that they would be always at hand for the preserving good order in every place, and for the doing justice on all occasions as also for the distributing the public charity to the poor, and, in a word, for the doing the duty and discharging the trust reposed in them by the citizens to the utmost of their power. In pursuance of these orders, the Lord Mayor, Sheriffs, etc., held councils every day, more or less, for making such dispositions as they found needful for preserving the civil peace, and though they used the people with all possible gentleness and clemency, yet all manner of presumptuous rogues, such as thieves, housebreakers, plunderers of the dead or of the sick, were duly punished, and several declarations were continually published by the Lord Mayor and Court of Aldermen against such. Also, all constables and church wardens were enjoined to stay in the city upon severe penalties, or to depute such able and sufficient housekeepers as the deputy aldermen, or common councilmen of the precinct should approve, and for whom they should give security, and also security in case of mortality, that they would forthwith constitute other constables in their stead. These things re-established the minds of the people very much, especially in the first of their fright, when they talked of making so universal a flight that the city would have been in danger of being entirely deserted of its inhabitants except the poor, and the country of being plundered and laid waste by the multitude. Nor were the magistrates deficient in performing their part as bodily as they promised it, for my Lord Mayor and the Sheriffs were continually in the streets and at places of the greatest danger, and, though they did not care for having too great a resort of people crowding about them, yet in emergent cases they never denied the people access to them, and heard with patience all their grievances and complaints. My Lord Mayor had a low gallery built on purpose in his hall, where he stood a little removed from the crowd, when any complaint came to be heard, that he might appear with as much safety as possible. Likewise the proper officers, called my Lord Mayor's officers, constantly attended in their turns, as they were in waiting. And if any of them were sick or infected, as some of them were, others were instantly employed to fill up and officiate in their places till it was known whether the other should live or die. In like manner, 
the sheriffs and aldermen did in their several stations and wards, where they were placed by office, and the sheriff's officers, or sergeants, were appointed to receive orders from the respective aldermen in their turn, so that justice was executed in all cases without interruption. In the next place, it was one of their particular cares to see the orders for the freedom of the markets observed, and in this part either the Lord Mayor, or one or both of the sheriffs, were every market-day on horseback to see their orders executed, and to see that the country people had all possible encouragement and freedom in their coming to the markets and going back again, and that no nuisances or frightful objects should be seen in the streets to terrify them or make them unwilling to come. Also, the bakers were taken under particular order, and the master of the baker's company was, with his court of assistance, directed to see the order of my mayor for their regulation put in execution, and the due assize of bread which was weekly appointed by my lord mayor observed, and all the bakers were obliged to keep their oven going constantly, on pain of losing the privileges of a free man of the city of London. By this means bread was always to be had in plenty, and as cheap as usual, as I said above, and provisions were never wanting in the markets, even to such a degree that I often wondered at it, and reproached myself with being so timorous and cautious in stirring abroad, when the country people came freely and boldly to market, as if there had been no manner of infection in the city, or danger of catching it. It was indeed one admirable piece of conduct in the said magistrates, that the streets were kept constantly clear, and free from all manner of frightful objects, dead bodies, or any such things as were indecent or unpleasant, unless where anybody fell down suddenly or died in the streets, as I have said above, and these were generally covered with some cloth or blanket or removed into the next churchyard till night. All the needful works that carried terror with them, that were both dismal and dangerous, were done in the night. If any diseased bodies were removed, or dead bodies buried, or infected clothes burnt, it was done in the night. And all the bodies which were thrown into the great pits in the several churchyards or burying grounds, as has been observed, were so removed in the night, and everything was covered and closed before day, so that in the daytime there was not the least signal of the calamity to be seen or heard of, except what was to be observed from the emptiness of the streets and sometimes from the passionate outcries and lamentations of the people out at their windows, and from the numbers of houses and shops shut up. Nor was the silence and emptiness of the streets so much in the city as in the outparts, except just at one particular time when, as I have mentioned, the plague came east and spread over all the city. It was indeed a merciful disposition of God 
that as the plague began at one end of the town first, as has been observed at large, so it proceeded progressively to other parts, and did not come on this way, or eastward, till it had spent its fury in the west part of the town. And so, as it came on one way, it abated another. For example, it began at St. Giles in the Westminster end of the town, and it was in its height in all that part by about the middle of July, viz. in St. Giles in the Fields, St. Andrews, Halborn, St. Clement Danes, St. Martin in the Fields, and in Westminster. The latter end of July it decreased in those parishes, and, coming east, it increased prodigiously in Cripplegate, St. Sepulchre's, St. James, Clarkenwell, and St. Bride's and Aldersgate. While it was in all these parishes, the city and all the parishes of the Southwark side of the water, and all Stepney, Whitechapel, Aldgate, Wapping, and Radcliffe, were very little touched, so that people went about their business unconcerned, carried on their trades, kept open their shops, and conversed freely with one another in all the city, the east and northeast suburbs, and in Southwark, almost as if the plague had not been among us. Even when the north and northwest suburbs were fully infected, viz. Cripplegate, Clarkenwell, Bishopsgate, and Shoreditch, yet all the rest were tolerably well. For example, from 25th July to 1st August, the bill stood thus of all diseases. St. Giles, Cripplegate, 554. St. Sepulchre's, 250. Clerkenwell, 103. Bishopsgate, 116. Shoreditch, 110. Stepney Parish, 127. Aldgate, 92. Whitechapel, 104. All the 97 parishes within the walls, 228. All the parishes in Southwark, 205. Totaling, 1,889. So that, in short, there died more that week in the two parishes of Cripplegate and St. Sepulchre's, by forty-eight than all the city, all the east suburbs, and all the Southwark parishes put together. This caused the reputation of the city's health to continue all over England, and especially in the counties and markets adjacent, from whence our supply of provisions chiefly came even much longer than that health itself continued. For when the people came into the streets from the country, by Shoreditch and Bishopsgate, or by Old Street and Smithfield, they would see the outstreets empty, and the houses and shops shut, and the few people that were stirring there walk in the middle of the streets. But when they came within the city, there things looked better and the markets and shops were open, and the people walking about the streets as usual, though not quite so many, 
and this continued till the latter end of August and the beginning of September. But then the case altered quite. The distemper abated in the west and northwest parishes, and the weight of the infection lay on the city and the eastern suburbs, and the southwork side, and this in a frightful manner. Then, indeed, the city began to look dismal, shops to be shut, and the streets desolate. In the high street, indeed, necessity made people stir abroad on many occasions, and there would be in the middle of the day a pretty many people, but in the mornings and evenings scarce any to be seen even there. No, not in Cornhill and Cheapside. These observations of mine were abundantly confirmed by the weekly bills of mortality for those weeks, an abstract of which, as they respect the parishes which I have mentioned, and as they make the calculations, I speak of very evident, take as follows. The weekly bill which makes out this decrease of the burials in the west and north side of the city stands thus. St. Giles, Cripplegate, 456. St. Giles in the Fields, 140. Clerkenwell, 77. St. Sepulchre's, 214. St. Leonard, Shoreditch, 183. Stepney Parish, 716. Aldgate, 629. Whitechapel, 532. In the ninety-seven parishes within the walls, one thousand four hundred and ninety-three. In the eight parishes on the southwark side, one thousand six hundred and thirty-six, totaling six thousand seventy-six. Here is a strange change of things indeed, and a sad change it was. And had it held for two months more than it did, very few people would have been left alive. But then such, I say, was the merciful disposition of God, that when it was thus, the west and north part, which had been so dreadfully visited at first, grew, as you see, much better. And as the people disappeared here, they began to look abroad again there, and the next week or two altered it still more, that is, more to the encouragement of the other part of town. For example, September 19th through 26th, St. Giles, Cripplegate, 277, St. Giles in the Field, 119, Clerkenwell, 76, St. Sepulchre's, 193, St. Leonard, Shoreditch, 146, Stepney Parish, 616, Aldgate, 496, Whitechapel, 346, in the 97 parishes within the walls, 1,268, in the 8 parishes on Southwark side, 1,390, totaling 4,927. September 26th, through October 3rd. St. Giles, Cripplegate, 196. St. Giles in the Fields, 95. 
Clerkenwell, 48. St. Sepulchre's, 137. St. Leonard, Shoreditch, 128. Stepney Parish, 674. Aldgate, 372. Whitechapel, 328. In the 97 parishes, within the walls, 1,149. In the 8 parishes on the southward side, 4,328. And now, the misery of the city, and of the said east and south parts, was complete, indeed. For as you see, the weight of the distemper lay upon those parts, that is to say, the city, the eight parishes over the river, and with the parishes of Aldgate, Whitechapel, and Stepney. And this was the time that the bills came up to such a monstrous height as that I mentioned before, and that eight or nine, and, as I believe, ten or twelve thousand a week died. For it is my settled opinion that they never could come at any just account of the numbers for the reasons which I have given already. Nay, one of the most eminent physicians, who has since published in Latin an account of those times, and of his observations, says that in one week there died twelve thousand people, and that, particularly, there died four thousand in one night, though I do not remember that there ever was any such particular night so remarkably fatal as that such a number died in it. However, all this confirms what I have said above of the uncertainty of the bills of mortality, etc., of which I shall say more hereafter. And here let me take leave to enter again, though it may seem a repetition of circumstances, into a description of the miserable condition of the city itself, and of those parts where I lived at this particular time. The city, and those other parts, notwithstanding the great numbers of people that were gone into the country, was vastly full of people, and perhaps the fuller because people had for a long time a strong belief that the plague would not come into the city, nor into Southwark, no, nor into Wapping or Radcliffe at all. Nay, such was the assurance of the people on that head, that many removed from the suburbs on the west and north sides into those eastern and south sides, as for safety, and, as I verily believe, carried the plague amongst them there, perhaps sooner than they would otherwise have had it. Here, also, I ought to leave a further remark for the use of posterity, concerning the manner of peoples infecting one another, namely, that it was not the sick people only from whom the plague was immediately received by others that were sound, but the well. To explain myself, by the sick people I mean those who were known to be sick, had taken their beds, had been under cure, or had swellings or tumours upon them, and the like. These everybody could beware of. They were either in their beds, or in such condition as could not be concealed. By the well, I mean such as had received the contagion, 
and had it really upon them and in their blood, yet did not show the consequences of it in their countenances, nay, even were not sensible of it themselves, as many were not for several days. These breathed death in every place, and upon everybody who came near them, nay, their very clothes retained the infection, their hands would infect the things they touched, especially if they were warm and sweaty, and they were generally apt to sweat, too. Now, it was impossible to know these people, nor did they sometimes, as I have said, know themselves to be infected. These were the people that so often dropped down and fainted in the streets, for oftentimes they would go about the streets to the last, till, on a sudden, they would sweat, grow faint, sit down at a door, and die. It is true, finding themselves thus, they would struggle hard to get home to their own doors, or at other times would be just able to go into their houses, and die instantly. Other times they would go about till they had the very tokens come out upon them, and yet not know it, and would die in an hour or two after they came home, but be well as long as they were abroad. These were the dangerous people. These were the people of whom the well people ought to have been afraid. But then, on the other side, it was impossible to know them. And this is the reason why it is impossible in a visitation to prevent the spreading of the plague by the utmost human vigilance, viz., that it is impossible to know the infected people from the sound, or that the infected people should perfectly know themselves. I knew a man who conversed freely in London all the season of the plague in 1665, and kept about him an antidote or cordial on purpose, to take when he thought himself in any danger, and he had such a rule to know, or have warning of the danger by, as indeed I never met with before or since. How far it may be depended on, I know not. He had a wound in his leg, and whenever he came among any people that were not sound, and the infection began to affect him, he said he could know it by that signal, viz., that the wound in his leg would smart, and look pale and white. So as soon as ever he felt it smart, it was time for him to withdraw, or to take care of himself, taking his drink, which he always carried about him for that purpose. Now, it seems, he found his wound would smart many times when he was in company with such who thought themselves to be sound, and who appeared so to one another. But he would presently rise up and say publicly, Friends, here is somebody in the room that has the plague, and so would immediately break up the company. This was indeed a faithful monitor to all people, that the plague is not to be avoided by those that converse promiscuously in a town infected, and people have it when they know it not, and that they likewise give it to others when they know not that they have it themselves. And in this case, shutting up the well or removing the sick will not do it, unless they can go back 
and shut up all those that the sick had conversed with, even before they knew themselves to be sick, and none knows how far to carry that back, or where to stop, for none knows when, or where, or how, they may have received the infection, or from whom. This I take to be the reason which makes so many people talk of the air being corrupted and infected, and that they need not be cautious of whom they converse with, for that the contagion was in the air. I have seen them in strange agitations and surprises on this account. I have never come near any infected body, says the disturbed person. I have conversed with none but sound, healthy people, and yet I have gotten the distemper. I am sure I am struck from heaven, says another, and he falls to the serious part. Again the first goes on exclaiming, I have come near no infection or any infected person. I am sure it is in the air. We draw in death when we breathe, and therefore it is the hand of God. There is no withstanding it. And this, at last, made many people, being hardened to the danger, grow less concerned at it, and less cautious towards the latter end of the time, and when it was come to its height, then they were at first. Then, with a kind of a Turkish predestinarianism, they would say, if it pleased God to strike them, it was all one whether they went abroad or stayed at home. They could not escape it, and therefore they went boldly about, even into infected houses, and infected company, visited sick people, and, in short, lay in the beds with their wives or relations when they were infected. And what was the consequence? But the same that is the consequence in Turkey, and in those countries where they do those things, namely, that they were infected too, and died by hundreds and thousands. End of section 19